You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Caden Gray. Welcome to Fucks Given. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And we are on a mission to revolutionise the sex space, break down barriers and give the lowdown on all things sexy. Every week, we will welcome a special guest to share with us their juicy details about their best fucks, worst fucks, or even the fucks that changed them. And we'll also hear your guys' sex questions and your worst sex stories. We're all about celebrating your sex. We're removing the stigma around the whole number bullshit. No matter how many people you've slept with, the number never matters because the fucks given are the fucks that made us. How's it going? So excited to have you with us today. <laughs> Overexcitable. Thanks for thanks for having me. Tell our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself. I am a sex worker. I work in porn. I've been doing it for a few years now, and I escort. I also create my own content. Mm-hmm. And as of two, three years ago, I've been doing quite a lot of HIV. Activism alongside with um, just general sexual well-being, mental yeah, well-being, baby. substance use. So, so amazing. Yeah. You did amazing for stuff. For, for queer people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like I'm trying to go mainstream, more mainstream these days because I mean, mm-hmm. everyone needs everyone deserves sexual well-being. And, you know, oh, my gosh. Yes. One hundred percent. Everyone in the entire yeah, world. Exactly. This is actually a very special podcast episode. We forgot to mention that it is sexual health week this week. Well, hey. Mm. So that's why we have Caden with us today, because he's going to be talking a lot about HIV with us, because it's yes. still stigmatized. It even is. Though it is. It's almost like okay to live with now right it is it's it's more than okay to live with amazing (laughs) like and this is it like we we are still not at a point where where people know that and that is the the biggest issue i've just come back from a three-day um fast track city conference which is like Mm -hmm. there was a collective of people from all over the world talking about these issues in a global like in a global context wow The, the reality is 40% 40% of people, around 40% of people who are living with HIV globally still don't have access to treatment. Oh my right. goodness. So there is actually, the AIDS epidemic still prevails a lot of places. But here, uh, there's this 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 um, this call to action that the UNAIDS um, uh, created, which is called 1990-90. And the idea is to put 90, to diagnose 90% of people who are living with HIV, put 90% of them on treatment and achieve viral suppression which mm. is key and 90% of those and we are actually the only ones who are on 95 95 95 here in London so this is the place to like to if you're gonna be living with HIV this is the best this place is the to place be. to be <laughs> it's Come a happening here. place guys yeah and there's many there's many countries and cities that you would think are like that are behind but that like four African countries. There's only seven that hit the 1990 and four of them are African countries. Wow. Yeah, like things are happening uh, amazingly. Um, and you can, the, the thing is you, um, if you're undetectable, um, which which means that you're on effective treatment, it means that yeah. you can't transmit the virus. There's been hundreds of thousands of cases and there's been studies for since 2008 uh, where this, this Swiss study came and they said, oh, maybe. Yeah. We think that's what happens, and now we know, we know, we know, we know that you can't transmit. You can have kids uh, who are HIV that's negative. So yeah, oh. you can live a normal long life. 
the only thing is um it's there's different types of stigma like perceived stigma self stigma yeah and discrimination which um they don't only shorten people's lifespans because people yeah. get anything from being discriminated to killed mm -hmm. globally yeah. but they um the they create a lot of mental well-being issues of course depression yeah. anxiety substance use that comes with it so mm. but like yeah going back to what you said um it is more than okay to live with hiv if only everyone knew it's that how it's okay like no it one is knows. how great it may be no, yeah. i don't know mm -hmm. i mean i'm still I, I still don't really understand what hiv is would you make mind explaining for the people at the back of the class <laughs> not at all hey guys listen up <laughs> so hiv is a virus <clears throat> i think that's key to know because a lot of from what i gather a lot of people have no concept of window periods and window periods is the time between the transmission and when it's um visible on tests mm -hmm. and chlamydia gonorrhea they have a two-week window period Mm -hmm. It's pretty straightforward. Like, yeah. if I get chlamydia now, go to get tested within the next couple of weeks, it won't show up probably. It may not. So may, I may yeah. get a false positive. Yeah. But if I go after two weeks, it will show up. Interesting. Same with herpes. We, we're looking this up over the weekend. Right. But then, that, I think that's that's a bit longer, right? Like, yeah. again, it's I a virus. I, but weeks. then I can't, like, I can't lie that I know um, how how long that um, yeah, it takes. For the, but let's get back to herpes in a minute because that's a, that's my favorite this year. <laughs> so so I love favorite. it so much I went out and got it. Oh my god! Yes, we got um, it too. Yeah, we've got it too. So oh let's, my god, let's talk about herpes. <laughs> this is the first situation where I got like the whole room and like me too. Yes, <laughs> woo! But, herpes um, party, yeah. Can I just uh, skip back to HIV quickly? Yes. Oh yeah. So the, the problem with the, with it being a virus is that it takes between four to twelve weeks to show up on tests. So like yeah. if you go in four weeks, it's yeah. like ninety four percent that you're gonna get the right results, mm -hmm. and twelve weeks ninety nine percent something. And people think that you know you had a busy week, you go to the clinic on Monday, you get an accurate test result, which is no. completely untrue mm -hmm. for anything. But with HIV, it's even longer. And HIV um, is a particular virus which is very intelligent, and what it does is hijacks the factories in your blood that produce white cells. Mm -hmm. Um, the CD4 cells and it implements itself into them and they reproduce kind of with its DNA yeah. so then it like booms within your body and oh. your body never like your body only encounters it once and it doesn't have to deal with it and it is for good like it, you mm. can treat it but you can't cure it at the minute mm. <laughs> thanks for being so <laughs> detailed oh pleasure so tell us a little bit more about your activism work with HIV uh, it comes from a very personal place, obviously, because mm. I have been, um, for those who haven't caught on to it yet, uh, or don't know my social media, I've been positive for, for six years now. Yeah. And wow. the beginning of that was crazy because not only I come from Poland where um, HIV is a, so much more stigmatized than it is here, yeah. and it is stigmatized anywhere, including yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, I also had a pretty violent upbringing and a really low self-esteem. So when that and gay on top of that, on top of and that, so, yeah. You know, my mom always said, and everyone said, "Don't get AIDS. Don't be gay. Don't get AIDS." Oh my goodness! Stop yeah, it. Yeah, because gays That's get AIDS and die. Awful. <laughs> Which is not true because anyone can get HIV. We're just oh, disproportionately yeah, affected. Of but, course, yeah. Oh my fucking god! But most people living with HIV are actually women. 50, mm -hmm. About fifty-two percent in the world are women. That's so, a really interesting mm, statistic. Mm. The, 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 I mean, the most kind of vulnerable demographic. Yeah. I guess anyone. It's more likely when you get penetrated. So anyone who gets mm. penetrated uh, <laughs> is more likely to to yeah. Um, yeah, acquire HIV. Um, and um, 
yeah, I came to the UK not knowing much about sexual well-being, of being not being in the closet, but carrying a lot of um, self-stigma and self-shame. Mm. And then I started doing porn. I think to to, to kind of to to defy a lot of that. Um, how does that work? Because I think a lot of people would see like. How can someone with HIV then go oh, on to do porn? Right, but I, I didn't start when I, when I had HIV. Mm-hmm. But you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started, I got HIV um, nine months into porn. So it was really, right. that's why it was crazy. That's yeah. like, that's why it was so, so much more painful because I, f- I feared a forced disclosure. And there have been situations where studios would put me on the spot and ask me yeah. which, oh, really? is, which is t- technically like we we're really looking at that being illegal at some point wow. because it, it's so traumatic like I would sn- and you'll never forget that um, but you're right um, the general um, public uh, struggles with this concept of a sex worker who's HIV positive mm-hmm. and there are so many sex workers who are HIV positive just most of them don't tell you because we don't live in a world that invites that and yeah uh, and as people aren't able to deal with it, people aren't able to appreciate that information without making assumptions about that person. Yeah. You know, because the assumption, like the extreme of it is you're basically a whore and you got what you, what you deserve. Yeah. And we've all seen you do it. So, you know, yeah. it's just. But you're able to continue um, doing sex work because of the medication that is available. Yeah. Mm. Um, I would even argue that you can do sex work even without that medication, but then you obviously have to monitor whether someone is at risk or not. Yeah, mm. I would never vilify someone not wanting to go on medication because it's it's a personal choice. Yeah, but it is life saving and it is um, it gets you to a point where um, what we say you equals you or can't pass it on. Those are two phrases that we use, and you equals you means undetectable equals untransmittable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're undetectable. That means your viral load is the old undetectable is under 200 units per milliliter of blood. Mm-hmm. So viral units. But the new undetectable is actually under 20. And sometimes I go to get tested at zero. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. And even if it was up to 200, I'm still not transmittable. And you can spike sometimes because if you forget meds and that still mm-hmm. won't make you transmittable unless you like continue. That's amazing. It's so yeah, like that's so good. Life changing. F- yeah, freeing. Um, mm. I mean, I, I don't want to ask about the side effects, but is there, is it more good than bad? It's a great question, and I'm glad you did ask because um, I think it's very easy to leave that out. Mm. Um, and th- in the past, they were awful. People died yeah. from AZ- AZT, wow. but we don't do that. We don't use that medication anymore. Yeah. Um, and now there are there are lots of different cocktails of meds which you can use. And I've been on two different ones and the first one actually um um yeah i had diarrhea for three years oh uh, for three years no. on and off but oh, it did really fuck. mess my uh it, it kept messing on a regular basis with my uh, stomach and um but it, they're known to be diuretics so i think mm. my advice to anyone who is on hiv medication is looking to go on it and is worried about uh, side effects be vigilant about communicating with your yeah. um, clinician because they can help you and if mm. they can't and you s- feel like you're still not getting you know the right care that you yeah. should be then change clinicians yeah couldn't do any anal scenes whilst that was happening and I actually did, did my last scene ever <gasps> my last scene as a bottom yeah um, was one of the worst times you know and, and you asked in, uh, in me in an email um, to kind of think about a couple of things and one yeah. of those was that and um yeah my last scene 
it was my last because I've just contracted HIV. That was before I was on meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, it's also a tricky situation um, because I was very, very transmittable. Um, the only thing is I've never done condomless porn. So that's, I guess that's, um, there's that. Um, but it, yeah, it was impossible to film and I had to film. So oh, yeah, that was the last ouch. one. It was the wor- like one of the worst experiences, sexual experiences I've ever had. Oh my goodness, that must be so painful. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys do anal? Is that an inappropriate um, question? No, that's never inappropriate for this <laughs> podcast. I do it rarely. Do it rarely. I haven't done it in years. Yeah. So that's a yes. <laughs> so check. <I>. Check. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I asked because I wanted to kind of, yeah, I wanted to gauge uh, how you would feel about potentially um, having to do it if you. Mm. If oh, your tummy wasn't not. good, right? I've got yeah. like, my IBS is so bad at the moment. <laughs> the idea of anything going in my arsehole is like a big no go. It is red, raw, and sore, and uh, yeah, I just I probably squirt. If you've got a sore ass, then it's definitely not the one. <laughs> I mean, squirt like shit, not not the other way. Oh, <laughs> okay. I love it, and I can relate. <laughs> fuck number one. The fuck that made me. Um, so his name was Gaston. I'm oh, kidding. No, no. Oh my God, <laughs> Gaston. Just the story rolling out. Um, I think. I, now I don't remember which one it was, but I think the one fact that actually did change my life was the one where I contracted HIV. Mm. And, but I'm not crying over it anymore because. Um, ironically, it's one of the best things that's happened to me because interesting, right? And I used to be really ashamed to say that because yeah. it would be like admitting that I'm this dirty gay prostitute, <laughs> 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 uh, and also really dirty. Yeah, really I'm dirty. Defo a prosy. Like I um, am a prostitute <laughs> and I'm well dirty. <laughs> so dirty, anyway. I love it. Um. So tell us more about how it happened. Mm. Um, I mean, you know what? Um, it happened. It happened in a um, sex party. I went oh, to fuck. in Covent Garden. Mm-hmm. Someone like this wealthy guy was hosting. There were lots of hot guys coming over and leaving, uh, <laughs> but not me. I stayed there for two days. <gasps> I, two um, days. Yeah, two days. Yeah. Yeah. I I bottomed, topped, took loads, uh, sucked people off in the. Uh, in the in the hallway and all kinds of things. I mean, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it was really oh. fun. Um, and then I wasn't so, I didn't feel so well. And then when I came home, I had a cold sore. And I don't remember having a cold sore since I was a kid. Yeah. So I was like, oh, something is. Yeah, that's not right. Weird, weird right? <laughs> and um, yeah, so then within a week, it kind of really hit me, and I was it floored me for a few days. And Shit, that's, that's quite quick. Yeah, but it's un, also un, very unusual Yeah, for people to be that sick. But um, wow. it depends on like what kind of extra infections you pick up, because mm-hmm. that's what HIV does. It lowers your immunity so that lots of infections can jump on. And if you have right. five or three to five, it's classed as AIDS. Oh, my which goodness, Which is obviously yeah. wasn't the case in my case. But mm-hmm. um, I was really, really ill. What's the difference between HIV and AIDS? Amazing question. (laughs) So that's the... The the difference between HIV and AIDS is that HIV is a virus. Yeah. You can live with a virus and not have AIDS. Yeah. Common misconception is that 
it equals AIDS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so untrue. It, and, and it used to. Um, also, not immediately. You would catch HIV and then it would take a while to develop into AIDS. Mm -hmm. Right. For some people, it never did because their immunity was great. It all depends yeah. on, like, it's all individual. Yeah. But if your um, CD4 count, which for, for healthy people uh, is between, like, 600 to 1,200, I think, um, if it goes below 200... And some countries you already, they already recognize, excuse me, they already recognize that as um, living with AIDS. Right. And in some countries, you know, you know, you need the three to five opportunistic infections. Like it can be anything from pneumonia to the virus in your eye, which I don't remember what, what the name of that is. But it can start gnawing on your retina. Oh, your right. Yeah, it's uh, like I have a friend who who is an AIDS survivor who lost his sight. Wow. So like it can oh do so goodness. many different things to your body. Yeah, yeah. well I imagine because if your whole immune system's down, like, anything could fuck up. That's it. Mm. And there was a, this, um, you know how I just said 350, 200, mine was 340 when it, at its lowest. Yeah. For um, for a film that I've, I've been filming since last year, I have interviewed a woman, this wonderful Ugandan woman whose uh, CD4, when she got to the hospital, mm -hmm. was one. Whoa. I know. So what, what does that mean? It uh, means that she should be dead oh. long before it. One. Oh, wow. That's like one CD4 cell able to produce white cells. Um, I'm guessing per, I don't know, probably not per milliliter, but I don't know what that like what exactly that is but I know that under 200 you're normally classed as an AIDS patient yeah right. but like when you get to 100 a lot of people die and she had one fuck it's yeah. crazy mate she's a trooper she looks amazing wow. <laughs> <So they're>, yeah. <laughs> blimey she's, yeah she's fantastic um uh, who do you know from that party who you contracted Ooh. HIV from um no and that's something that my mum got really hung up on when mm. she found out on her 60th birthday two, oh, two years ago. I was Mama like, dearest. Mom, I'm a hooker and I'm HIV positive. <laughs> also foreign. How did she take that? Um, I think that was the best the best time ever possibly because I guess it, 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 I think she was ready by then and mm. we'd spend a lot of time just our relationship became really com like being really complicated because I can be honest with her and she mm -hmm. asked me the same questions she would like have a drink call me and be like so what do you do I'm like you know what I do and she's like no <laughs> the same conversation for like three years straight wow. and so I was like this is it she like kind of like recoiled when yeah. I said HIV but we'd had five bottles of wine that day and Whoa. I think that <laughs> medicated it sufficiently and I also she can see that I'm well that I'm happy I think she yeah. remembers when I was really sick that Christmas when I came home and I was like 10 kilos yeah. lighter oh, trying blimey. to hide it yeah. like big glands here she's she's dealing with it better now um, And but she was really hung up on who gave it to me she wanted to punish him yeah and I think that also that kind of thinking gives uh, way to a lot of criminalization of HIV which happens yeah. all over mm -hmm. the world which actually brings no results in decreasing HIV, it vilifies people, prevents people from testing, contributes to the stigma. Yeah. And so it actually, like, it helps the epidemic, Spread. it fuels it, yeah. it yeah, helps it prevail. Um, and I really don't think that you should be punishing anyone because it's no one's fault to, um, if you don't know, um, well, even sometimes even if you know, because there are forces bigger than um, what you would call common decency. Mm. Like, you can catch HIV, you may not have access to meds, but life goes on, you will have sexual contact, you may not be brave enough to tell. As so I'm not defending anyone who would purposely 
transmit HIV, but mm-hmm. um, those things need to be taken into account. And I think that's yeah. the conversation we're starting to have now, that it's not yeah. your fault to contract HIV. Yeah. And also, like, passing HIV on, if you can't mentally, like, prevent it, or if you're not in the right frame of mind, mm-hmm. it also shouldn't be uh, criminalized the way it is now. Because there are f- a few cases where people have taken people to court. And people have won. Yeah. And uh, in, here in the UK... Um, we are it's pretty good at the moment um, because um, you need to transmit HIV to be prosecuted okay uh, so and it's kind of, kind of like grievous bodily harm if you mm. do and, and you get you can get quite a lot of uh, books people can uh, sue you from for murder a murder attempt Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. just yeah. for passing yeah, yeah. HIV yeah even though <gasps> HIV doesn't have to kill you if yeah. you're meds it won't but if you're not it can Oh so, my goodness! Yeah. That people win shocking. win those cases, but over here it's less. In the states, there's 19 states where even if you're undetectable, even if you use a condom, you have to disclose your HIV status or you can go to prison. Oh fuck! Yeah, so like, wow. and I've been there, and I, I'm quite open, but I still don't think that every time I have sex, I, I should have to disclose. It's up to me. Yeah. Whether I do, you know, I'm, I'm meant, so. You know that you can't transmit yeah. it, so. Mm. But people don't know that, and there's this moral argument. Oh, I should still know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were having this chat about herpes, about mm. whether or not you to disclose it, and it's really good hearing your side, especially when it comes to HIV, mm. because we're still in this battle of should we disclose that we have herpes? Do we have an obligation? Do we need to? Um, I mean, I feel like we need to if we have a flare up, mm. but then it's 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 a complicated. You just wouldn't have sex if you had a flare up. Yeah, like, no, because yeah, I mean, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I had a really funny. Con- I was diagnosed about two months ago with HSV type two, and I know I have HSV type one because, I mean, I don't know, mum, aunt, auntie, whoever. Cold uh, sores, yeah. Yeah, cold mm-hmm. sores. So like, yeah. and um, so many people have it. I actually wrote uh, an article about that where I really dig into herpes, and I kind of <laughs> gave the queen herpes. Probably, I was like, probably, um, because, <laughs> what? yeah. And I don't know if she does have herpes. I have no reason to suspect she doesn't because most of the human population has at least one strain. Yeah. What makes her any different? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing with the queen? I'm, but it's fine. But this is this is a way to say that it's fine. The Pope may have herpes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, uh, I, I see what you mean. My grandmother gave me herpes on my neck when I was nine years old. On my Dirty neck. Bitch. I know. <laughs> I'm like, well, your dying wish is to give your granddaughter herpes. You bitch. <laughs> but look at you now. Every time it flares up, I think of her. Yeah. And also, look, look at this. <laughs> it's yeah. like a glove, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And luckily, it hasn't flared up in almost 10 mm. years. I'm really lucky. Even when it do- doesn't flare up, though, you can still pass herpes. Yeah. And the, the reality is, the statistic that I know, um, hopefully is very close to the truth, one in third people break out. The rest don't. Yeah. yeah. So two-thirds of people don't break out. They have herpes. They pass herpes. They yeah. never know. And we live in this this culture of uh, illusion of um, cleanliness mm-hmm. and um, sterility which doesn't yeah. exist mm. we just put up a YouTube video for Sexual Health Week I was going to say that shamelessly yes. <laughs> oh yeah just go check out our herpes episode on YouTube please but, but we, we really dug into all like the stats and the facts yeah and, like, like we went in in mm. deep did you show did you have a flare up that you would show <laughs> no I don't get flare ups anymore oh good for you never um, yeah, because apparently it, yeah. It, when you first get it, well, what's it called? When you first get infected, is that mm-hmm. the right word? I guess so. Yeah, when you, it's not a very nice word. When you acquire it, I guess. Or yeah. When you, when, when yeah. you get it, when, when you acquire you it, it. You, when you 
when you, you go get it, it. Um, yeah, go get it like a new handbag. Um, yeah, it, when you first get it, the flare-up's really bad, and mm. you can have a few flare-ups afterwards that are equally as bad. But the longer you have it, the less it flares up. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I got mine when I was nine. It hasn't flared up in like ten years. I feel okay. a bit bit bad having this conversation about herpes in a podcast yeah, that's supposed sorry. to be about HIV. Oh, but unless you don't mind. Not sim- no, I don't mind at all. No, it's, they're very different. They're very different. I guess this is a very good conversational point that um, they are so different, but they're stigmatized to a similar level. Yeah. And you could be prosecuted potentially for... Yes, you can be. Yeah, yeah. someone's a case. Been. Yeah. Yeah, but here I don't think it's like people are, are like a little more chill and less kind of like, ah, you're trying to kill me mm. because they understand that that's not the case maybe. And if they don't, the judicial system has a better handle on it. Yeah. But like in America... You can, I mean, you can get sued for this yeah. uh, very easily. And I, to it's be ridiculous. fair, the question about herpes, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would tell people if mm-hmm. I have, that I have herpes. And there's something that's really new to me, and I, you know, I'm telling you, and I can say it on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a situation where I'm already dealing with HIV, uh, <laughs> in a situation where, like, there's that on the table, and there's another one that comes comes in. Um. And I mean, there's also HPV, which most people yes. get at some point. So, like, yeah. am I going to talk about all the SVs, yeah. uh, HVs, yeah. HVs, <laughs> HIV, yeah, and HCV? Also a, lot, like, a lot of people don't even have symptoms for any of those things. We were talking right. to our really good friend, the sex doctor, Karen. Karen, and, shout and, out to and Karen. And she was saying that it's completely reasonable for people not to disclose having these um, STIs because everyone that goes into a sexual act should kind of be aware that they might get an STI. Like mm. that's that's what comes with sex, especially when norm. it comes with these common STIs that yeah. almost everyone has. Yeah, so. I mean, we have to be blaming ourselves to take absolute precautions and yeah. measures. Of course, it's shit when it happens, yeah. and we can't help that. But you're right; like having sex unprotected, you you have to expect to catch something. But even if it is protected, you can get those yeah. things as well. And it's just like they're not the end of the world. Yeah, it's the stigma. Yeah. It's the fucking stigma that ruins it all. Like makes it hard for us to talk about. I have yeah. no idea what you must go through on a daily basis. Even with <laughs> how open you are with social media, do you ever get negative <coughs> comments or people saying horrible things to you? Or is it mainly positive? Of course I do. But you know that's not the biggest issue. The the issue is the the general silence around it because people mm. look when I came out as HIV positive people have told me to kill myself oh that my never goodness. hurt me what hurt me is people well-meaning people messaging me saying get well soon I'm like did you fucking listen to me <laughs> talking for 11 minutes telling you that I'm okay mm. I may be sad because like this is a lot for me to currently be going through and it was kind of a gateway to me finally dealing with my diagnosis finally enough but um like people didn't really they didn't have the knowledge even though they saw the video they were like you're so brave hardly anyone was like people didn't know how to talk about it because yeah. it was so like it's so unusual for a porn star to talk about this mm. um, so that wasn't the, the the biggest issue wasn't people being unkind to me it was the silence mm. and also noticing that how different the narrative is uh, than what it should be how like the narrative like you know when you said unprotected sex mm-hmm. um and the the, the 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 thing is when we didn't used to have access to PrEP, access to PEP, which is something you can take within 72 hours after HIV exposure to stop you becoming positive. Yeah. Right. Access to Yikuzu, which is and people living with HIV on medication, access yeah. to vaccines for some STIs. 
Um, and, and obviously there are condoms, regular testing being implemented. When we didn't have that, that was unprotected sex. But there's so much protection outside yeah. of condoms. And condoms are not, they're not, um, they're great, mm. they're cheap, they're accessible, uh, theoretically, but for a lot of people, they're unsustainable. So, um, and we've been shaming systematically people who don't use condoms. Yeah. People didn't use condoms in the height of the AIDS epidemic. It's unlikely they're going to, like, everyone's going to wear condoms. There is, like, there are all these instincts that we, that come into our sexual life where reason leaves. Like, mm -hmm. that's not what sex is about. You can be reasonable up to a point. But applying yeah. reason versus, like, learned habits to a sexual to your sexual life is mm. quite an unreasonable it's hard. request. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the, the health system is finally getting like that we've the reason why I've, we've been nailing HIV prevention is because there is a recognition uh, of that, an acknowledgement of that. Yeah. The fact that people need different tools. Yes. Mm. You know? Interesting. And that's 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 literally like the biggest takeaway from anything sexual being wise these days. Mm -hmm. That there's a toolbox that's available. Like, yeah. you know, PEP prep vaccinations, regular testing. Conversation is a very good point as well, but yeah. not every, you shouldn't just trust everyone. Oh, but, yeah. But there is like disclosure when you're ready and these things mm -hmm. um, and you equals you, you know, those are big parts of that and condoms, of course. Yeah. Uh, they're great, great. They're all amazing. Well said. Fuck two. The best fuck. Why is that turning me on? <laughs> you sound like child catcher. <laughs> well, because, I mean, maybe we're just, you know, we're vibing. Yeah. I love the <laughs> fucked up shit. Yeah. Like really twisted, like, yeah. you know, some like, yeah, abusive daddy stuff. <laughs> what? Who said that? Who? What? Daddy, no. <clears throat> Carry on with the sexy voice, please. Uh, right. Um, so I thought about this. I've thought about this and it's hard for me to nail down one. Mm -hmm. um, I've had great sex uh, I think the first first experience of really good sex was with a girl that I was with I actually married uh, quite a while ago when I was 21 I met her when I was 17 oh really yeah I married her when I was 21 you were married and I was married whoa mm. Wait, I just like clocked in on that <laughs> married mm. and it was the first like the first time when I'd had experiences since the age of like six probably mm -hmm. um with like you know like kind of things were starting to happen between me and a couple of boys three to be precise uh, <laughs> you slut I know, thank you <laughs> um and uh it wasn't like it wasn't good it wasn't there was no connection it was kind of like what was hot about it was that it was kind of naughty and disconnected and mm. i look for that still in my sex life oh. i've actually been acknowledging that as an adult uh, and until I met her, I didn't experience like connecting with someone, someone really l wanting you physically, um, appreciating mm -hmm. you. Uh, you could say loving you at that in that moment. Mm. So that was the first experience of that. And I sometimes kind of every time I've been in love, I have similar experiences. But that's one type of great sex. Yeah. And when you noticed, when you're, when you kind of acknowledged, witnessed by someone else, like really seen. Uh, then there is obviously um, uh, a lot of the the porn that I've done, and um, because it was so explicit and like, mm. or like even if I film for myself, filming in a place like staircase 
where you can get caught. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> the risk. Ooh, so hard. And I didn't even like, I'm focused on like camera stuff and, and lighting and stuff and that no one catches us for like forgetting yeah. how much fun I'm having. And then I'm like, oh, 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 fuck. <laughs> I mean, I can always stop it, so, but it kind of like, it comes really unexpectedly. It's normal, boys. So, uh, all the ones <laughs> of you who are, uh, struggle with that, it's quite normal. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> Just normal. Just keep at it, practice. Um, and then there's camp sex, uh, which uh, is probably some of the most uninhibited, no, hands down, most uninhibited sex that... You, you're that saying chem sex? Chem sex. As if we're talking about drugs here. Drugs, uh, yeah, uh, sex on drugs. But chem sex is particular, it's a particular kind of, you could call it epidemic from like a medical point of view yeah. or ep phenomenon that is associated with um, queer men. So mm -hmm. gay and bisexual men predominantly. But obviously anyone can have sex on drugs, only with us it's like three times more prevalent. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's different types of good sex and... Um, I've had great sex, so much of great sex, <laughs> even more so after I've been diagnosed with HIV, not straight away, mm -hmm. because for, to start with, I didn't have sex for three months. But and then CAMS actually gave me the opportunity to to shed those those, you know, the, that feeling of being not enough, being dirty and unlovable and unacceptable. Um, but that white noise that's in the back of everyone's mind, the more susceptible a demographic you are to contracting HIV, you have this white noise, the AIDS the boogeyman, the, the Babadook, somewhere <laughs> somewhere, just like speaking to you, you're going to get AIDS, you're going to get AIDS. So a lot of gay men or bisexual men medicated so that they don't have to think about it and then boom, mm. they get HIV. Um, and I don't have that anymore. Yeah. So it's amazing that I don't have to think about that anymore. And of course, yeah. there are other things like um, you could get hepatitis, which is unlikely, but it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you could. It depends also where, but like in the UK. Um, you could, you can obviously get herpes, HPV, both of which I have. So again, no white noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, but HIV. I can't get HIV anymore, and that, like, that really has contributed to my life being amazing. Mm. But I'm really trying to. So you're not afraid? No, that's, no. That's I'm, wonderful. That is amazing, and like, I wouldn't. It's not that I would. I'll put it this way, from. I think moral and medical point of view, I can't uh, recommend getting HIV, but I also can't deny how much it's, how building it's been. Once, like as anything that, um, anything that breaks you down and challenges you, you yeah. know, bend, builds you. So that's an undeniable fact. And um, the sex has got better. The sex has got better. That's insane. Um, apart from the fact that sometimes I obviously have to disclose, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't have to disclose, but I want to disclose because I don't want to put someone in a position that I've been in myself where yeah. that like we're right there mm -hmm. and um, th they didn't know to ask. I didn't think they didn't know because it's everywhere on my escort profiles, on my grinder, on my social media, but people still don't know. And I'm learning that yeah. people don't know. And then he asks me if I'm clean. <laughs> Love that question, by the way. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, <laughs> we've just had sex. Of course not. Um, <laughs> And yes, I also have HIV. <laughs> and then he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my I don't want that for anybody because yeah. it's, I feel like it's not that it's unfair. I can prevent it. Um, but I really want to come up, like, I want to tell you about something that, um, like a great sexual experience that is unrelated to this. Uh, yeah. And this is quite recently, um, like I, I film content for my OnlyFans, just for fans, like subscription websites mm -hmm. quite regularly, but it's always gay. And even though I've been with a woman 
uh, before I've been with two actually um, when I was like in my early 20s I didn't touch a vagina for 14 years until recently. Um, <laughs> we yeah. have to try before you buy, you know? I mean, <laughs> and I tried and I didn't buy. Yeah, did I mean, I did buy, but then I refunded it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I did. <laughs> it's understandable. Um, yeah, I, I, it just didn't work. But the thing is, it wasn't really necessarily about me not being into girls at all. It was about uh, the fact that I was being denied uh, another aspect of my sexuality, which then whisked me away. Um, And I I don't even know if I'm like, I thought I've thought I was gay for a long time. I mean, I thought I was straight, then bisexual, then gay. Then (laughs) Then I've been calling myself queer because I don't like, I want something that encompasses all the possibilities while I still grow into my sexuality. Yes. Yeah. Um, and recently I had a, I uh, had sex with Billy Vega, who's a, a trans man, mm-hmm. uh, female to male. Uh, it's such a lovely, <laughs> Name cute, oh, so, so hot um, and so, so sweet. And he came over and we had sex and I had to stop myself from coming to kind of make sure that he comes yeah yeah Uh, control yourself yeah (laughs) and but but i i knew i was going to be excited but i didn't know just just quite how and there was nothing crazy about it nothing like special like kinky about it we just had sex on my bed Mm -hmm. um and yet it was it was it's kind of how i like it and not necessarily on my bed but i like to take the time and like kissing is really hugely important to me, mm. yes. um, and role, uh, not roleplay, but um, uh, foreplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah setting so like, the mood. Yeah, fucking mm. is kind of like a cherry on top. Yeah, I'm being comfortable. Like mm. I like being in my bed because I like being comfortable. The more comfortable I am, the more mm. likely I am to come. Mm-hmm. Good one. That's yes. a good. That's mm. a really good point. And likewise, <laughs> yeah. I imagine coming on the stairs like that's quite. <laughs> that, well, that can happen if obviously it depends on on the time but like if it happens in the moment or you kind of get into the habit of doing it for for like for the camera um, and you can find something really exciting in it mm-hmm. so it can be that but a lot of the time I'm just like oh, I just want to sit down <laughs> or like lie down <laughs> I can be quite lazy oh yeah yeah we are massively we're lazy, lazy. <laughs> like I just want to be there about it all the time. lie down like a fish you do me me <laughs> to me yeah. Yeah. do you make a sound on like a fish also no no yes, sound uh, uh. <laughs> Like. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think what fish noises. <laughs> fuck three. The first fuck. I don't remember it. Oh my goodness! Wait, why? I because I was really young. Oh, okay. And it's just a, such 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 a taboo. I don't know when it went f- from like rubbing upon each other. Uh, through clothes mm-hmm. uh, which by the way I was put in a corner for and that was my first sexual experience and I ended up in the corner and I was told that was bad oh my goodness and that's like literally like like any parents that would potentially listen Whoa. to it be fucking careful on what yeah, you say to your kids yeah that would fuck you up as a child right but, and it really did yeah. and I, because if you do if you do that they're gonna do porn hardcore like they're gonna do porn just saying <laughs> <laughs> it's true man just Don't saying t- children they can't have sex because they'll fucking do it just they'll to do it you. and they'll yeah they'll do it publicly yeah uh, <laughs> and then I don't know when it transitioned into penetration but I uh, I know kind of I think I know which of the two brothers um, it was because there were two brothers oh um, hello brothers well I don't know which one actually I think I know which one <laughs> you were sleeping with both of them yeah I, w- well, I wouldn't say sleeping 
was having <laughs> some rubbing. Just like going off to like behind a garage and like showing each other, each other um, stuff. Um, and I, but I was always the, the the bottom. I kind of fell into that. Oh. I didn't know why. Did, um, it, did it fit for you? Did you enjoy it? Or have, I, since then I have mean, you experimented? I did enjoy it. Um, but because it was so... I had so much shame around it when mm. I was like when I reached adulthood I started reaching adulthood I was like that was dirty it was wrong uh, and also I was raped uh, and um. then I realized actually I wasn't raped and uh, it was it was happening no one forced me into it mm-hmm. um there may have been situations where like he would push my head down and I wouldn't suck the dick I wouldn't suck the dick which was crazy <laughs> and I wouldn't do it for a long time I kind of just like mm. it was like kind of um pushing the um, dick um, I'm actually like you're doing the, doing the movie it, Wait, is, you can't is, see is it. the hole a mouth or a bum hole it's a bum hole okay yeah. and also teeny <laughs> tiny back then right <laughs> yeah so like extra tight oh my god you can't oh even see god, it like stop. a paper cut <laughs> the, the uh, and they would just try and push their <laughs> like fairly um, small penises <laughs> inside me yeah, um, but st- even despite they were, they were like they were not large uh, we didn't know to spit on it at least or use yeah. lube so mm-hmm. it was a lot of pain yeah. yeah I think all of us have experienced mm. pain with anal and vaginal when you don't use lube exactly yeah. fucking for the first time I mean I don't time. know like about quite, vaginal, when, the, when the penis accidentally slips in <gasps> oh my god oh. when you're doing you're having there's vaginal no, sex yeah. and then it goes bam like straight in your bum hole without any and fuck me it hurts it's like, it's like being shooting pains up like, the bum yeah it, it can also cause um, um, a, a fissure yeah, yeah, anal fissures, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It which is a, yeah. a tear in, mm. in the muscle. Right. Oh, oh, no, the muscle actually didn't tear. It was the skin. Oh, the skin. So that's mm. not a fissure? Uh, that's just, a. I guess it's oh, a no, may, Maybe that is. No, I, may, I, I don't know, I think you're, right. you're probably right. Well, because the, the anus is a muscle. <laughs> I was just... Right, but there's skin on top, and that's what ripped mm-hmm. when someone, like, slipped in. Yeah. And there was lube. It just, he did it in a way that, like... It was too quick. It, yeah. It, it, you need it, to it, ease in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know that those are my, f- I mean, I want to say they're my first times and they are obviously before like nice sex. Yeah. But yeah. if you were like, if it were, like sex that was fully consensual, like fully kind of, I was aware what but I was, was doing. Sex. Yeah. And I, um, I was eager to, to do it and yeah. I felt, it felt comfortable. That was with my ex-wife. That was mm-hmm. my first time with her. Amazing. Yeah. And I remember like, I, rem- I actually remember because um, I wasn't going to go in and we also weren't using a condom and I wasn't going to go in but I kind of really insisted on it um, uh, but not like in 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 like a, a short moment but like over a period of time I mm-hmm. ground her down <laughs> wait Cause to I know she, I know she to have sex I, I, I knew she wanted to and I'm not saying you should pressure people I guess she wasn't ready until and I was giving her that space mm-hmm. but yeah. I was always there <laughs> oh, I see what you I was mean. always there always kind of like I'm ready coming up um, sex, yeah 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 <laughs> always trying it um, I'm pretty sure that I would have wanted to be more patient but I'd never had sex with someone who saw me and liked me so like it was very it was very exciting. So obviously I was, yeah, I was pressuring her. But mm-hmm. it wasn't, I don't think it was toxic. Yeah. It was like any boyfriend would be like, oh, come on. Yeah, um, and we weren't taught about consent. No. Really yeah, we that had long. no idea. I had no idea. For fuck's sake. 
we have a section on our podcast where our listeners ask us a question because this is a special sexual health week podcast i wanted to direct the question in a relevant uh direction (laughs) (laughs) so this week's question is if you've been recently diagnosed with hiv what are the next steps is it the end of my sex life this is a very good question and a question that I featured in um, the, I don't know what to call it, it's just a project. Mm. It's not really a documentary, but I'm f- I've been filming interviews with people over the last uh, almost a year now. Yeah. And I hope to go into post-production in the next couple of months. And it's called How to Stay Positive When You're Just Positive. So it's a toolbox yeah. um, of, um, it's a toolbox for anyone who's newly diagnosed. And one of the first questions is, is it the end of my my life is at the end of my sex life. Yeah. And the answer to that is, of course, it isn't. It's not mm-hmm. the end of your life. It's not the end of your sex life. Um, unless, of, I mean, not unless. Um, if you want to take a break from sex, that's very normal and it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But you can have a wonderful, um, satisfying sex life as anyone else living with HIV. Yeah. There's just some adjustments that initially you need to need to go through mm-hmm. and what are those steps that you need to take so one of the first steps is um breathe <laughs> yeah. yeah i would say breathe and it's not your fault Th- mm-hmm. that's the first thing i think mm-hmm. you need to hear uh, and it's not a reflection of, of who you are so uh, you you will notice a lot of self-judgment coming through um just let it happen but remember that you're not your thoughts it's not it's not like people will say nasty things about you potentially hopefully not but they may mm. and you will hear things that are really discriminatory towards HIV positive people um, just allow them to, to feel how they feel they're misinformed they're misguided they don't know it's not you it's not about you it's not personal yeah. so I think the first acknowledge that, that the fact that it's not it's not about you HIV just happens to people and you know it's no one's fault that you there are consequences I mean uh, it's not even a consequence it's a it's a it's circumstantial like if you were educated in sex ed and uh, diverse education like you know for like so let's say if you're a trans person anything that would even include you in that sex ed um when you were growing up that could have prevented you and uh, like any services that are specifically directed to your needs that would have prevented hiv for you and yet it's not been happening so trans people are th- th- like one of the most uh, affected demographics and uh, so can you say that it's someone's fault that they can HIV. I don't believe you can. No. Um, and th- I think that this is kind of, this is all, uh, maybe not the first step. This is something to like take on the journey with you, these thoughts. But the first thing I would say is uh, consider going on ART because um, you can indeed live long and have uh, an amazing sex life. Um, probably richer for for having that vulnerability that then people a lot of people accept yeah um but um it it may be really complicated if you don't go on art your sh- lifespan shortens yeah and you do people choose not to go some on people the meds? do i don't understand why i so i you know i didn't used to but i feel like any minority particularly has a deep deeply rooted distrust towards authority because Mm -hmm. of the criminalization and discrimination Mm. and um i mean the 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 the, we got the blame for the aids epidemic Mm -hmm. um the gays and and we haven't been able to get married until like five years ago um and so all of that has created a population of um 
of queer men that are aware it's not okay, but at the same time have this this deep distrust um, yeah. towards authority, uh, towards right. medical authorities, because uh, we didn't used to be treated very well mm-hmm. in the wards where you know people wouldn't walk into the the rooms to give us food yeah. when we were dying of AIDS. When I say we were, I wasn't there, but I mean there's so many people that didn't. Mm-hmm. So living right now, um, uh, there's a, another thing actually. Uh, some people don't believe in it. Don't believe HIV is the thing because I mean, can you see it? Yeah. Um, it's some like people believe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can see that. You can feel <laughs> you it, can girl. There are that. so many people that don't believe it's true, though. <laughs> but it's exactly the same. It's literally the same thing. Uh, and That's people don't. So uh, interesting. It's not even that they choose to not believe it. They um, people believe that HIV was created to eradicate. Gave yeah, them, for I've example. heard of that. That's actually mind blowing. Or to get like to to gain control, and wh- how would you do it? You would do it through potentially giving us prescription medication. I don't believe that, right, I but I have been in situations where, like, I had like a bit of drug-induced psychosis where I would yeah. freak out and be like, "I'm not taking my meds." So that's mm. something that actually happens a lot. But yeah, ART is a very big big part of living well with HIV and this is not a sponsored message because to be fair um, like the the pharmaceutical companies have so much power and they are such giants that control so much of the world I don't fucking trust them either no but I will take this medication because it will keep me alive and I've thought I've considered that they may put something in my medication Mm -hmm. but I chose to do it and I've had some side effects to start with but overall I'm really well um, and and happy and I don't think like I'm better mentally than I've ever been before. Amazing. At this at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Then now what else? I, I would um, strongly consider some counseling, which yeah. um, you yeah. may not be ready for initially. And also you may come across counselors that don't work for you. That's something to keep in mind because you need to, it needs to be challenging for you in the right way. Um, but at the same time, the counselor needs to be not judgmental. That's kind of yeah. a given. It should be a given, really. And they need to understand your particular needs and how your brain works. They need mm-hmm. to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, that's with every single counsellor, totally. therapist, yeah. every professional you speak yeah. to. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Um, and when it comes to HIV, a lot of the time there's a lot of... The shame is... It has a way of hiding because it's ashamed. But um, it, it's such so prevalent. It's so... It's, it's all over mm-hmm. uh, in HIV diagnosis a lot of the time. And a lot of the time because everything is meant to be fine now. Yeah. People don't necessarily feel like they have to process it. They A lot of the time you really do. Right. Because it's one of the most, it's the most stigmatized probably uh, existing epidemic yeah, in the world. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. It's, that's killed over 40 millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, it discrepancy. It yeah. affect your mental health. Absolutely. Um, and I think, there are a lot of things that make up um, like being on ART um, um, having some mental like professional mental mm-hmm. support having someone to tell yeah. even though you don't have to but it's such a burden to carry on your own mm-hmm. yeah finding Look, a community would be useful right yes um, although that is not necessarily accessible to everyone like I remember yeah. being diagnosed while while already being important and it's like I've kind of exploded at the beginning mm-hmm. um, and so people I worried that people would know who I am and expose me mm-hmm. publicly yeah. um, and also some people are not ready to just like deal with it in a communal way yeah. so however you deal with it I think this is a very good thing to take away as well however you deal with it 
is fine. Yeah. It's like your you need to find your way to deal with it, but do deal with it. Don't don't pretend it's don't not there. It don't the go rug. out and a weekend after weekend yeah. um getting fucked up and having sex with lots of people to fix your the, you know your reality because it's not going to happen that you know um that doesn't mean you should stay away from drugs because for a lot of people it's a like it's just an escape temporary mm-hmm. escape but yeah. you can get a little bit much a lot of a lot of things come into um they they make up um incorporating hiv as a as a permanent feature in your life um to a point where you can be healthy there's lots of things there's like also knowing the legal uh, status of criminalization mm-hmm. where you live is very important because i like i very often want to go online and be like if someone wants to know your status and you, you don't want them to know it the town to fuck themselves although if you do you'll probably know your HIV positive <laughs> but like you know you get the gist right like it's none of their fucking business yeah and they can go fuck off but the reality is they can prosecute you can be prosecuted in some parts of the world you can even die uh, mm. so I wanted to ask quickly um if you can catch it again like say if you did go to a I don't know a, a meetup with everyone who has HIV and you all have sex could you spread it, could you make it worse or what for you myself have? yeah I don't think you can mm-hmm. I think it's scientifically possible to catch another strain of HIV ah, okay but when you when I'm on medication the same medication I use it even in a stronger form is used for prep Right. I mean, it's used for prep. That just Truvada is used for prep or something equivalent. But yeah. um, for ART, which is antiretroviral therapy, which is um, what yeah. I'm on, it's an even stronger dose because it's got three different drugs, which we now know we need because mm-hmm. the virus can be resistant to one and then it becomes more resistant to it. Mm-hmm. So um, being on that is better, more effective than being on prep technically. And prep prevents you from catching HIV. It's like it's there are some discrepancies like this, like. Um, there are some records of it being ineffective, but it is believed oh, that really? it may have been someone was incompatible with the drug or potentially right. they didn't take it properly and so mm-hmm. on. But PrEP is very, very effective. Yeah. Like o- almost 100%. Could um, you tell people what PrEP is? Because PrEP yeah. enables, mm. say, a, if you're in a relationship and you have HIV and your partner doesn't have it, it enables you to, to have sex and not worry about transmitting yeah prep is a pill that stops you getting hiv in essence Mm. um it's one of the toolbox the tools from the toolbox it's one of the tools from the toolbox right Mm -hmm. Uh, so um it uh it's a pill that you take on a regular day daily basis some Mm -hmm. people take it event-based if they don't have a lot of sex but you have a if you have a regular sex life people do catch hiv when they're on prep but it, i mean technically uh okay let me rephrase that that's probably not the best way to say this <laughs> because it's not it's it's true but um saying it this way may make people feel like it's ineffective but yeah, it isn't right. ineffective it happens to be like it's thought to be ineffective in a very very specific situations of very kind of like specific circumstances but most people who, um, almost everyone who's ever caught HIV who is a PrEP user, let, let me put it this way, yeah. were on like a hiatus from uh, from taking PrEP yeah. or missed a dose here yeah. and there. And that's not something you can do when you're in PrEP because when you miss the dose, even though the drugs have a half-life, it makes it, makes it possible for the virus to yeah. come and um, mm-hmm. infect you, basically. Uh, which has never happened with... Um, you kuzu 
like with being and no one who's undetectable has ever been recorded to transmit HIV to their HIV negative partners. Fucking hell. So instead of having a listener story at the end of this podcast, I wanted to talk about something else to do with HIV because we, <laughs> we haven't spoken about it enough. I could talk um, about it all day long. So <laughs> HIV stigma, what can we do to support others living with HIV and how does the stigma affect people? Oh, this is a killer question. Mm. Uh, what can we do? Hmm. Um, are there charities that we can donate to? There are. Oh yes, there are charities. There is Terence Higgins Trust. There is um, JMFA. Mm-hmm. You can donate to. I work for Impulse London. Although we, we're really well funded. We're funded mm-hmm. by the AHF. But um, uh, I'm actually running in the Red Run uh, for uh, World AIDS Day. Um, oh yay! Yeah, for um, and I'm running on behalf of Impulse, but I'm raising money for Chell West Plus, who mm-hmm. support Dean Street. Oh, um, cool. Right, and because Dean Street is, it's like one of the best clinics in the world. Yeah, such yeah. comprehensive care, HIV and, care, and trans really care. Cool about like, well, yeah, everything like Chems, sex workers. I know them from the sex porn industry. Work, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so um, you are welcome to donate um, uh, to. Like, I can send you a link um, um, to to that um, because they are struggling with funding, and what happens with oh, that really? is, yeah, what happens with that is. We need we need prep for everyone. Yeah, we need to tell you need to tell everyone about prep, <laughs> um, and tell everyone about E equals U. And I think that is key. Also, there shouldn't be a conversation about prep, mm. which a lot of people use as a pill for ignorance mm-hmm. towards HIV. They're like, I'll take it. I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. But you do because prep only works because U equals U works, and if you don't think about it, you are denying people living with HIV normal. You know, yeah. like normal. Um, it's hard to get have normal when you're living with HIV. That's what we're kind of trying to work towards. Yeah. Um, supporting um, your communities, like community-based organizations is one of those. The question was, um, how can we support people living with HIV? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like, how does the stigma affect people? So, um, uh, I should have probably started with the stigma. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I guess it's a, like it's a subject that is very like the, those things are linked to each other because stigma is the opposite of support. Yeah. Stigma is um, there. Are, there are three types of it, and that's mm-hmm. perceived stigma, which is um, having a preconceived idea ideas of what it may mean that mm-hmm. someone has HIV. Yeah. And so someone the stereotype is uh, like in our community would be uh, a gay bottom slut. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people would think, oh, if you get fisted, you deserve it. Yeah. Like the more kind of the more uh, out of the box you are, the more marginalized you are, the more people feel like some people might think that you deserve it, even yeah. if they don't say it. They're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. When it doesn't like, you know, stigma is kind of imagining that just trans, gay and black people have um, HIV mm-hmm. um, or, or, or people of color, you know, um, then there is um discrimination systematic uh, stigma um and that's you know when people uh, when uh, not just people but authorities treat you differently like for example um i heard about a case yesterday in the conference where someone um someone if you in in texas i think it was when you spit at someone you can get up to like five years of prison he's in prison for 35 years (gasps) because he spat on someone 
and he has HIV. Oh my motherfucker. Talk about stigma. Holy but you can't shit. you can't transmit seven times. No, of course you can't. So even when you're transmittable, like what? if you if you have your viral load is skyrocketing. Yeah, you can't. You can't transmit through spitting. But that what is it. Actual fuck. Yeah, and people fuck. have sent people have been sentenced to so much like such they've been treated differently by the judicial uh system, mm. by the police, people you know, sex workers with HIV are yeah. Um, They're not taking it seriously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like in Czech and Czech Republic, if a gay man who's a, anyone who's HIV positive, if they were if they caught another infection, they'll get arrested until what? like I don't know if that still happens there, but until recently, mm-hmm. at, wow. at least, yeah. It's just like another level it's an assumption. of stigma, though. Isn't yeah. It? It's actually crazy. But it is also uh, prevalent, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. and that's like systematic stigma. It comes from the fact that. It is um, HIV is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it has killed people. Yeah. It, there's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. It is transmitted sexually. Yeah. So all those things contribute to it being a, a taboo. Yeah. And, right. And then on top of that, people who are predominantly affected aren't straight men. That doesn't mean that straight men don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, they do. But I have met one, um, and also like when you look at the the how it's how people are like where it's hiv sits mm. we used to make up like 80 90 percent of the transmissions mm-hmm. and then there's women there's uh mm-hmm. there's black africans who come to the uk people still die of aids in the uk and there those demographics you know yeah. um so because it's a, a minority thing um people in power who are a lot of the time are white and straight and cisgender mm-hmm. they don't necessarily yeah. care about it and so th- we've got a system that doesn't th- it's starting to c- cater more and more to sex workers to to any disenfranchised uh, mm. group like trans people to queer people to uh, to the needs of women mm-hmm. um, um, and it's a I mean this is a very good uh, it's a pill for well it's one of the ingredients to, to eradicate stigma yeah. how do yeah how do we get rid of stigma it's just talk, talking about it that's one side of it yeah. I think changing the, um, changing the policies and laws mm-hmm. is yeah. one of the very m- yeah. the most important things because you can talk about it all you want but if I go to court uh, and someone let's say someone uh, which I would absolutely would if someone um, mm. uh, sued me for because I have HIV and like no disclosure yeah. I would go to court and I believe I would win that case mm-hmm. Um but I would be scared because this is so new and it should be no question of whether I have to tell someone that I have HIV if I'm undetectable yeah. or if they've not been at risk. Yeah. So changing those laws is one of the, the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually connects also to sex ed, uh, sexual education that's taught to kids. You need yeah. to te- teach kids about HIV, yeah. teach them about uh, uh, non-heterosexual uh, relationships, mm-hmm. teach them about yeah. consent, teach them about HIV, uh, you know, um, STIs, mm-hmm. so that they don't grow up and like at 15 bully someone for having HIV from birth, for example, or for yeah. any other reason. Yeah. Um, 
so there's also sex sexual education which needs to be comprehensive and yeah. accessible it needs to talk and about fun everything that we've been discussing, discussing yeah, today yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely, absolutely. Just talking about it all that's just gotta yeah. and sex education I feel like that's like the get go because mm. it's it's teaching our next generation of kids yeah. like, all absolutely. the important things we're not talking about teaching them anal sex at the age of three we're talking about age specific sex education no, of course kids need to <laughs> kids know about sex know. I started having sex when I was six yeah you know like not my choice but also yeah. it happened and you needed to learn about you it the fact you know. didn't made it so fucked but the argument is you're taking away their childhood I feel like yeah. my childhood was so in my adolescence and my adult mind is so much more it's been so much more burdened by the fact that I didn't have that you support didn't, and yeah. you didn't know what was happening no mm-hmm. and I was very confused and it's full of shame you know mm-hmm. yeah. another thing that really helps is uh HIV positive people being faced out about being HIV positive which yeah. is why I made yeah. that decision but that's not again something that you can expect from people but I would strongly encourage it when people are ready yeah. to to do it because we need it because there are so many people living with HIV mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. aren't talking about it that it seems like it's not a thing yeah in a I lot mean, of communities it, it, it makes the stigma worse by Absolutely. not being open about lack it lack of visibility yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um also, uh, this 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 is one of the pills for the stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who, are, because, um, I mean, I don't know your HIV status, but my guess would be that you you're not uh, living with HIV. Yeah. You'd um, be right. Right, and um, to to support me, and uh, not just me, but people living with HIV, yeah. clearly because this is a, a, a podcast. Yeah. Um, to support us and you know try and get yeah. this out to your audience. I think yeah. that's very valuable. Yeah. So I thank you for that. Well, thanks for no coming on and, all, and being yeah. so honest. I've learned so much. It's been incredible. I want to tell everybody about that, what I've learned. Mm. <laughs> and if you have any questions, you can always hit me up. Yeah, thank definitely. Um, well, it is unfortunately time for us to fuck off. Yeah. We'll fuck off. Then. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to really fuck off. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It actually has been so amazing and incredible. Yes. Where can our lovely listeners find you? You can find me on uh, YouTube. Uh, if you just type in Caden Gray, especially if it's Caden Gray HIV, I'll come up and lots of things. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's devoted to sexual well-being. Um, yeah. But uh, my biggest platforms are Twitter and Instagram. That's Caden Gray triple X. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Amazing. Well, it's been an incredible ride. Yeah, I've, I've really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel so good in the morning, but I know I feel great. Oh, yes. good. We're the same. We feel this really shit in the morning. always a good tonic. And it, yeah, it like sorts us right out. We feel like really hyped and excited about life. And yeah, yeah. so thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, happy Sexual Health Week, everyone. Make sure you get yourself yes. to the sexual health clinic, get your tests on. Yeah, but oh, Remember maybe about wait. window periods. Yeah, I was going to say, wait yes. about like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I used to fuck unprotected and then go the next day. Oh, and that's no, just so no, stupid. No. no. No, it's. I mean, it I wouldn't say it's stupid because you weren't taught any different. I weren't taught any different. It's Thank not, you. Nothing to be ashamed of, but yeah. do make sure that you don't go straight after you have sex. Yeah. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if you get a negative test result, remember that that's not for today. It's for yeah. two to twelve weeks, yeah. depending on the STI. Well, I think that's why regular checkups are so important, mm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that even in the window periods, you know that you're always going to be getting answers. Yes. Of course, if you have symptoms, always go to the doctor and the sexual health clinic. But yeah, um, wait two to three weeks to get tested. And remember, it's okay to have an STI. Oh, yeah. Join the club. Definitely okay. Join the club. (laughs) I've got fucking loads. Like genital warts, herpes. I'm breaking out as we speak. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. no. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
everyone please give us a rating and a review and subscribe to this podcast yes please and check out Caden's stuff yeah, please do <laughs> check out my only fans oh yeah oh yeah do that Woo. it's hot <laughs> bye bye Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and along with Tracy Cox, who is an international sex expert and author of 17 books, I co-host the podcast Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy, and it's S-E-X-T-O-K. And the reason we have it as Sex Talk is because we happen to be viral TikTok (laughs) stars at the moment with some of our videos getting over 1.1 million views. So listen to us. I am totally shy and squeamish. She is super open, British, and hilarious. Listen to us each week as Tracy answers three anonymously sourced questions about all the things you talk to your girlfriends about. Listen on Acast or wherever you get your podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Acast recommends. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.